Hey listeners, I'm Trey. And this is Dean. Along with EY. Welcome to Pocast. Reviewing films with New Orleans flavor. EY, I want you to think back to a movie we reviewed in the past. Uh, it was the... Was it The Unbreakables? No. The one with Sylvester Stallone. The Expendables. The Expendables, yes. Yeah. How did you describe that movie? I think it was like a bunch of boomers trying to relive their glory days. I mean, it was definitely a boomer film. I remember mentioning boomers a lot. So how would you describe the film we're talking about tonight, Red, R-E-D? Oh, it's in the same category. I almost feel like boomer cinema is is like a thing i mean it has to be a thing the older generation doing action movies uh-huh i don't i don't totally hate the idea especially when you have actors like you know bruce wills and morgan freeman and john malkovich helen mirren brian cranston like this movie had a great cast just wait all of brian them. cranston not brian cranston brian something he played the russian guy now I'm confused. I'll look it. I'm pretty sure it's Brian something. Because I've seen him in a bunch of stuff and he's a good actor. Jesus, of course, I have to go like all the way down the list. Brian Cox. Oh, yeah. Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Big Fish. Yes. No. That's weird. I pulled him up. Huh? Was he in Big Fish? Oh, my God. This is going horribly wrong. I Who played the dad in Big Fish? Not Brian Cox. What the I don't fuck? think. All right, now... Oh, come on, IMDb. Huh? I said, come on, IMDb. I know, it never freaking works. Brian Cox. Albert Finney played the dad. Well, they're very similar. I can I, I can see I can see the similarities, yeah. But no, Brian Cox was <laughs> in this one as the Russian guy. Yeah, yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of this movie... But this is the first time I've actually watched it, so I wasn't expecting... Uh, well, I'm actually pretty sure you and I saw this movie together when it came out in theaters. Because I think maybe? I remember... I think, yeah, I think I remember you leaning over to me asking if uh, the girl was... What's-his-face's girlfriend from West Wing. Yeah, Mary Louise Parker. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know. I don't think I've seen this movie in theaters. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at remembering what we've seen. I, I really don't think I saw it in theaters. I know this was popular enough to get a sequel. Yeah, which I'll, this. I'll say this. Um, I like the sequel more. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen the sequel. Like, not even on... I mean, at this point, I don't have cable or anything like that to watch it on. But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I've never seen the sequel either. I mean, I was surprised to see Carl Urban in this one. I wasn't expecting him. Yeah, this was around the time that he was starting to get big. You know, this was post Lord of the Rings, and he was starting mm -hmm. to like become more of a popular actor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm so used to thinking of him as, um, in, uh, oh my God, the, 
the superhero show. What Billy is it called? Butcher. Yeah, I'm so From used to him, boys. like seeing him as that character, that seeing him as like the clean shaven CIA agent. He looked like just such a little baby. Yeah, uh, I think nine times out of ten, when you see Carl Urban, he has a beard. Yeah, like or, or this something because in Lord uh, of the Rings Dread, too, he, Dread being like the except exemption, and with Dread, it's the other half of his head yeah. being covered up. <laughs> so it, it kind of evens itself out. I do have to say, I mean, you mentioned Mary Louise Parker and and West Wing. I have to say. Her as like the damsel or as the generic girlfriend character did not do it for me, yeah, whatsoever. Because in the West Wing, she is such a like strong, outgoing character that it was weird seeing her so subdued in this role. As, as I mean, anyone could have been in this role, honestly. That's kind of how I feel a lot about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like so much of it was literally just stereotypes. You know, yeah. you had the damsel in distress, you had the paranoid guy that's, you know, walking around in a tinfoil hat, afraid of satellites and John Malkovich, man. by the way, which Oh no, John Malkovich is thank great. God, because I think without giving away too much of my opinion, I think he he made this movie. Really, I think if it wasn't for him. Because I mean, this is mid-2000s Bruce Willis, so you know he just sleeps his way through this whole film. God, I was hoping you would you would agree with me on that. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel, I mean, not to turn this into like a huge Bruce Willis discussion, but I kind of feel bad for the guy. I, I, and I could be wrong, but from what I know, he was a comedic actor. And then he he starred in uh, Die Hard, and then got typecast as like the go to action hero. And I kind of feel like his heart's just not in it. Like he, I could be wrong, but from what I've I've read and kind of picked up from other various sources and people's commentary on the internet. It seems like he had a more rooted career in comedy that got shoehorned into action because of Die Hard, rightfully so. However, you get movies like Red, and he does pop up in The Expendables too later on. Yeah. And I think it's kind of the the same vibe, and, and even the later Die Hard movies. Uh, but boy, I mean... You can definitely tell when things get going and it's like the big end action scene and Bruce Willis is practically nowhere to be found. I mean, you can like for this movie, I felt like like I love the side characters like John Malkovich. He was one of the best parts of this movie. Um, Was the best part of this. (laughs) the The side characters were great. Bruce Willis, honestly, you could have replaced him with a cardboard cutout. Of Bruce mm-hmm. Willis, and it would nothing would have changed the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even which is strange. I feel like even Morgan Freeman, like, why? Because he's you Morgan know? fucking Freeman. I just he doesn't. I mean, you cast all of these people 
in these roles and really with the except like John Malkovich seems to be the only one that showed up to not collect the paycheck to actually play a character and act in this movie besides Carl Urban and but I mean even you know we're talking about Bruce Willis but Mary Louise Parker is so bland in yeah, this she's film a stereotype damsel in the stress that's what i'm saying like and i was surprised Mirren was like the stereotypical like oh i tried retirement but i just love killing people and you know Brian yeah is the classic russian saboteur that you know is all romance and you know even morgan freeman he was the charming old man who stares at girls butts but gets away with it because he's charming Whereas did, Bruce Willis, like I, I know we're saying he did, he just phoned it in, but he didn't have a character no, to act for. No, they were like Bruce Willis. Can we film you just going about your day, and we'll pay you for it? And Bruce Willis was like, okay, and that's how they filmed this movie. But you could say that about pretty much everything Bruce Willis has done over the last decade and a half at this point uh, mm. i don't i can't recall I mean, there's some standouts um there's a movie that we have on the list looper that he was really good in um, yeah yeah oceans 12 he was in a few scenes and he was actually funny in those scenes i was surprised kind of doing my post watch research to learn that this was like a not a comic book series, but like a mini series. It was like a three part comic. Yeah, I forgot. And I mean, I didn't really know to begin with when I first saw it, but I forgot that this was actually like a DC um, series. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't change anything. No. It but... makes no difference whatsoever because, I mean, I honestly, if it wasn't a comic book, I would just assume they just took some generic action movie script and then was like well let's make it with old people and bruce willis and stuff like that is uh, you know i i don't know i've never i've never seen the second one is morgan freeman really did okay so let's talk about up? morgan freeman and so my pro my other problem with this movie is that they give it they do a faint about morgan freeman dying in like the beginning of the movie yeah but then they bring him back later and he's like, oh, no, I'm not really dead. I escaped. Just so a few scenes later, they can kill him. Mm hmm. Like that. There's that was such bad writing. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, as far as I remember, no, he's not in Red 2. Uh, Anthony oh, okay. Hopkins is actually in Red 2. Really? Yes. And he is Ooh. amazing. Okay. Like I said, Red 2, and I'll even say for Red 2 is what I remember of it, even Bruce Willis shows up to that movie. Well, because he got paid a little more. I guess. In the sequel. So, you know, put a little pep in his step. Is Mary Louise Parker in it? She's in it. I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure, like, the main cast from the first one are in the second one. Okay. Um, it's been so long since I've seen it. I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. I just felt like them bringing Morgan Freeman back for the second one would be something they would do, like to try to. <laughs> like they could, but I just what they like what they did with that character. I just feel like was really dumb. Like don't kill someone to bring them back just so you can kill them again. 
Well, especially because in the beginning, he's like, I'm 80 years old with stage four cancer anyway. So, I mean, you're really doing a lot of fake outs or, I don't know. It just, yeah, it just doesn't work. I mean, I feel like this whole movie can be parallel to Bruce Willis's performance. Because, I mean, I feel like at least with the Expendables, I mean, you had good like legit action and fight scenes and choreography. Oh, I can't even say the word choreography. This, I mean, you had shootouts. The fight between him and Carl Orban was pretty good. And then really the only part that I, I really kind of like chuckled at was, um, I think it was, yeah, it was, no, was it John Malkovich's character? One of them shoots someone with, like, a grenade launcher. No, the the woman they were shooting at shoots at John Malkovich with a grenade launcher, and and John Malkovich shoots a bullet directly into the center of the, like, missile thing and blows it up in her face. No, it was the it was the one before that where they take out the like the grenade launcher from the pink stuffed animal. Oh, when he bats the grenade back to the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it was, that was and was he he just flat out you know explodes, and and that kind of got a reaction from me. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's just I don't think it's. I don't think it's a good like action film in the sense of like keeping you entertained because of the action scenes. Like I, I think Expendables does a, a much better job of that. I and mean, that's really all the Expendables does. Well, yeah, and and but I feel like this movie just doesn't have anything to balance it out. I mean, it has action in it, but it's it's okay action. It's nothing too over the top most of it 90 percent of it is is gunfights well it it tries to be more comedic than anything mm-hmm. um and there there are some good decent laughs in this movie uh but i don't think there's enough comedy or enough action to make it one or the other it kind of falls short on both fronts mm-hmm. um and i also feel like because this movie is literally about older retired spies like going on a mission like they kind of um they kind of disadvantage themselves because now they have to have action scenes with these older actors which don't get me wrong i love every one of the single of these actors i love seeing them in films and tv shows but they're they're not going to be able to like run around all over the place and you know do flips and stunts and everything you know? I mean, they did it in the Expendables. Well, that's because those older actors are like older bodybuilders and like didn't lose their muscle. Yeah, because I mean, you know, Sylvester Stallone is 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 who he is. Yeah. But here, yeah, I mean, you you really do have an eighty year old Morgan Freeman. Yeah. That's it. And you have you have Helen Mirren, who is typically not in action star same with john malkovich he's done very few action movies he's more of like a i mean anything he's in he's playing a weird character well and then you i mean you have action 
Yeah, and then you have Bruce Willis, which is really the only action star in this movie who is just like, yeah, lazy old Bruce Willis. Who... But that's also kind of sad because, I mean, if if you're correct, I've I've never heard heard about him. I know that he like one of his big starts was a show called Moonlighters. Yeah, and it was um, like comedy. It was Yeah, and that was comedy. Um but like, you know, you're saying Die Hard, like yes, he got pigeonholed as an action star for Die Hard, but like Die Hard One had some great funny moments. Die Hard Three I was laughing almost oh, the entire yeah, time. Yeah. Die you Hard know, threes. he's done action movies and other movies. Oh, whole nine yards and whole ten yards. You know? <laughs> You like, brought that up before, yeah. I uh, I haven't seen those films probably oh God, since they came out in theater. No, I've I've seen them like oh. with Matthew Perry, and yeah. I just it's been since they probably came out. It's been a while. I've, I've seen them, but like those were great movies, and like he's hysterical in those. Um, just this one, he just really phoned it in. He just wasn't there, and. Honestly, as a director, maybe he didn't want to be the guy that like fires Bruce Willis off the set, but I really feel like he wasn't showing up. They should have gotten someone else. I mean, have you heard like Kevin Smith tell his stories about working with uh, Bruce Willis during no. Cop Out? Cop Out? I've never heard of that. Yeah, it was with, uh, I think it was Bruce Willis and... I want to say Sean William Scott, but I could be wrong. No, I haven't heard. I'll have to go through. Let's see, IMDb. I'm pretty sure it was called Cop Out. Um, let's see. Yeah, Cop Out. Uh, anyway, Kevin Smith directed it and had nothing but issues with with Bruce Willis. So it kind of seems like maybe it was the same situation where. And I think to an extent, I mean, if I came face to face to Bruce Willis, not only came face to face with him, but had to tell him how to do his job, I would probably be pretty intimidated. And I think that happens to a lot of people that, you know, I don't know who directed this movie. I, I doubt I've it's, never heard of before. yeah, anyone huge, but, but I mean, he's probably a... not the type of person that's going to tell Bruce Willis to act better. Okay, but as a director, and you never, you never, as a director, you never say act better. Well, (laughs) that's why I'm not a director. But, like, as a director, that's your job. Your your job as a director for theater, for film, for whatever, isn't just, you know, making sure everything runs smoothly. It's to get the best performance out of your actors any way you can. Like, you, if you're, if you have bad act, like, yes, we can say that Bruce Willis phoned it in in this movie but half of that blame has to go to the director because he just was not pulling the best performance out of Bruce Willis if Kevin Smith and don't get me wrong I love Kevin Smith to death but if he's not getting the best performance out of his actor then he is failing a part of his job as director well and I think that's like you'll have to look him up like that him telling that story and I, I think he kind of touches on that like that he was kind of fanboying over Bruce Willis instead of like putting his foot down. You know, Uh, I mean, that's what you have to do as a director. Yeah. The director of this film hasn't directed a lot. And he, uh, after red, he, (laughs) I don't know if you remember this film, but the RIPD 
with um, um Jeff Bridges and, and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, yeah. Um, I I didn't hate that movie. Oh, that movie was. But I wouldn't horrible. say it was that good. Also, Mary Louise Parker. I was assuming because she worked on Red with this uh, with director. I oh imagine. yeah, she was in that, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She barely goaded me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I thought this would have had more New Orleans in it. I, I we do have to comment on that because we do. They go a lot of places, and and one of their stops, just one, quick little stop, is is in New Orleans. And when they get to New Orleans, they go full on tourist stereotype new orleans like they as soon as they're crossing the bridge into the new orleans they start the the zydeco music Mm -hmm. and they you know there's a quick car chase and gunfight in the french quarter which i do want to say one i was there when they were filming that uh i was Mm -hmm. hanging out with one of our friends who was working on the movie um so i got to not see the big action scene but like see them like setting stuff up Um, yeah that, that was pretty cool but when I saw the movie, my biggest comment for that scene was there is not a day in history that the streets of the French Quarter were that clear. Yeah. Yeah. There is no way. Also, NOPD does not respond that fast. No, no. I mean, I guess it can go both ways. I, you have the scene in this film. Where it's very obvious they shut down the whole block and yeah. didn't... I mean, they didn't have extras or anyone. I mean, it was, it was strictly the actors in the scene, and, and that was it. But then, you know, you can go on, on the opposite end where you go overboard. Or, or, you know, I mean, thank goodness it wasn't like Mardi Gras, and, and they were... Honestly, I think it would have been more exciting if it was. Oh, I'm sure. Like, if you're going to go stereotypical stuff, do it and make it fun. Shit. Yeah, I was, I don't know. I thought because, I mean, they filmed a decent chunk here that it would have been a little more stretched out. But no, it it was a quick, like, five minute scene. and, And yeah, it was a car chase. Well, that was most of the movie. Like, most of the movies are really just set up as. You know, these quick little scenes and they have a little interaction. They go to the next city that's, you know, 24 hours away to have another interaction and then back to the, what, like they go to New Orleans, to Florida, to New York, to Chicago, back to Cleveland. They just go everywhere. Yeah. Can we talk about Bruce Willis and Mary Louise Parker? Sure. Their characters. So Bruce Willis only knows her from. And I'm planking on what it's called. Uh, he calls the, her and uh, she works at like the. Um, like I the retirement she, checks or something. Yeah, she sends out the retirement checks to government workers. And he keeps tearing his up to call her and like to speak with her, which the only reason they get together in the movie is because he kidnaps her i mean that's what he does he kidnaps her because he knows that the people who are out trying to kill him know that he cares for her or he likes her 
in some way is the reason that's given. A little weird setup. Uh, I do appreciate, at least in the movie, she freaks out right away, like rightfully so. She certainly doesn't go willingly. I mean, I think Bruce Willis legit ties like, her up, ties her up and, and yeah, and digging through a purse and throwing everything out of the window. Yeah, yeah, but you know they they find love along the way. I thought there was a bigger age difference between the two, but there is they're ten years apart, That's which yeah, but it definitely it, looks like there's a bigger age difference. And I really thought like there was a bigger gap. Um, but no, no, I looked it up. So that made it slightly less creepy, but I Honestly, really, the, like the, the romantic partner for this movie should have been someone, uh, a little more famous and around Bruce Willis's age. Like if Helen well, Mirren were the romantic partner in this movie, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> well, now I'm wondering how old Helen Mirren is. Um, she's ageless. Well, it's just, it's not only that, but it's the the chemistry too. And I, I think that just goes, like with Mary Louise Parker, tends to be so much more high energy in her roles. And here it just, it was just such a bland, generic performance that even her performance matching Bruce Willis's performance and blandness, uh, they still just, to me, didn't have like that, that, chemistry that like fun connection they didn't play off each other at all like it just i don't know i mean yeah, but i feel like for for when they're acting against bruce willis in this movie there isn't a lot to play off of like there's a few moments where it seems genuine like um whenever they have uh the actor from mr holland's opus tied to a chair and like John Malkovich and Bruce Willis start like going through the torture bag and he pulls out mm-hmm. like this lighter. He's like, Oh, where'd you get this? And he's like, Oh, I got it at Home Depot for 10 bucks. No way. Like that was, that felt like a fun, genuine moment of two people who have like worked this job together. But that's what it's that, that moment's very few and far between. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't believe that Bruce Willis and Morgan Freeman knew each other or John Malkovich or really any of that. I mean, or another one was like when Hel- when they first meet Helen Mirren and uh, she like pulls out the gun. is like, oh, well, if that's what you're here for, you should have said so. Tell Marvin to get out of the bushes before he hurts himself. And they change the cameras, just John Malkovich looking out of the bushes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really was like the savior of this film. I, I just. John Malkovich is always good. He's always weird. Mm-hmm. He's always good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I always, I mean, he's been in so much, but I always, like, when I think of John Malkovich, it's from Hitchhiker's Guide yes. to the Galaxy. I, I don't know why, but that character just sticks out in my memory so much. And that's like the, every single time someone mentions him, I just picture him from that film. Achoo! Gesundheit. Which is not even a character from the books. No. Like they strictly made him up for the movie, but it was so memorable in itself that it just, I don't know. It's just one of those weird things that always stuck with me. He's also one of the saving graces of Space Force. Yes. Yeah. That, I don't know. Is that show, was it canceled? I don't know. I think maybe um, the pandemic messed it up. I wouldn't be mad if it was, but if it's not, I'd. 
sit down and watch the new season at some point, I guess. I think it needs to find its footing. Because, I mean, you have Steve Carell and John Malkovich. I, to right. get that wrong is crazy to think of. But like the series I, wasn't like the, the whatever the one season they have on Netflix wasn't mm-hmm. bad. It no. just could have been better. Yeah. And I think that's probably a show that would benefit from more seasons if it if it wasn't canceled, especially due to COVID. But so if you had to give this movie between one and five grenade launcher stuffed pigs, what would you give it? I honestly like halfway through this film, I was like, I'm going to give this movie a one because I just I mean, much like Bruce Willis, I was just not interested. I played on my phone the whole time. I was on Reddit. I watched the someone posted the clip of David S. Pumpkins. And <laughs> I watched, you know, the the now infamous SNL uh skit with Tom Hanks. Um, any questions? Yeah, any questions? I just like that's what I was doing. And I laughed more at the a four minute clip of David S. Pumpkins than I did throughout this movie. And and it felt like a long movie. I it was, was it like hours. two hours? It was it's, almost two hours. Okay, almost two hours. Uh and I, I kind of felt every minute of it. I mean, I almost want to give this movie a one. I will give this movie a two. And the only reason I'm giving this movie a two is because of John Malkovich. I mean, his character really is the saving grace of this cookie-cutter, bland, boomer flick. I mean, go watch The Expendables for sure over, over Red. And definitely watch David S. Pumpkins over... Both movies, but especially over Red. I I mean, it, did the second one film in New Orleans? I don't think so. We or can still no. do it. Maybe it's like a special. I almost kind of want to watch the second one just to, to see. Like I said, from what I remember, I enjoy the second one a lot more. And there's just two. There's not like this isn't no, a trilogy, no huh? Or anything, as far as I know. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm giving it a two. I just... It's not really an exciting action film, and it's definitely, I think, supposed to be a more comedic film than an action film. Really, besides John Malkovich, I mean, everyone, you know, Morgan Freeman is in it about half the film. Bruce Willis gives just one of his generic performances that he's he's been giving over the last few years. And then really, I mean, the biggest crime to me is having someone like Mary Louise Barker and not utilizing her energy because she she can be fun and, and she's been in fun roles. I mean, Weeds and West Wing and, and other things. Movie. She was in that troll movie. She was the mom of the kids in a troll movie. Oh. The one where uh, Seth Rogen spit in her eye. That's all I really remember. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. You lost me on that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I just... Maybe it was the wrong director. I mean, maybe having a better director could have made this movie more enjoyable, but um, but it didn't. 
But it was popular enough. I remember when this movie came out, everyone was talking about it. And it was popular enough to to get a sequel. Though it did lose out in box office earnings from Jackass 3D. So <laughs> kind of think about that for a moment. Um, what about you, Trey? Uh, you know, I'm right there with you. Um, this movie was just stereotype after stereotype, which like putting them all together, it was entertaining. Like I didn't hate this movie. Um, I was kind of hoping cause you know, I saw this in theaters, so I was kind of hoping watching it now, maybe like my perception of it would change and to be better than I remember. It wasn't, it was literally the exact same thing I remember. <laughs> um, except you can't get your money back for it now. No, I can't. Amazon has that now, just like they have everything else. Um, yes, Bruce Willis was definitely whatever didn't drag this film down already. Bruce Willis dragged the rest of it down, um, by just not showing the fuck up and him being the <laughs> central character. Yeah, uh, well, somewhat. I mean, in the end, he practically disappears. Yeah, he's not even in the the big end scene. It's mostly just Helen Mirren and. John Malkovich being cool. Um, and Julian McMahon, who another thing that they completely underutilized as Julian McMahon, he, he would make a great villain, uh, but they just had him for like a couple scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I will say that the rest of the main cast, um, I liked, you know, I liked Morgan Freeman's character. Of course, I love John Malkovich's character, Helen Mirren, Brian Cox, um, Mary, Mary Louise Parker. Is that her name? Yes. Mary Louise Parker. Uh, I didn't hate, but she was definitely not as good as she could have been. Uh, but I loved, I, I loved the side characters. They had character. They were, you know, entertaining to watch and, you know, it was sweet seeing Helen Mirren and Brian Cox find love again, even if it was completely cheesy and expected. Um, but yeah, just Bruce Willis, he just, he drags this movie all the way down. And, you know, I was going to give it a four. Wow. And then I was thinking maybe I'll give it a three. You know, what? I think I'll stick with a three. You know? Um, yeah, please, please, please yeah, stick I'll, with a I'll, three. I'll <laughs> stick with a three. Mainly because the the stuff that I did like, I did really like. Um, there just wasn't enough of that stuff in the movie. Bruce Willis ruins everything he touches. Bruce, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. Um, please don't come and kill me in the middle of the night. <laughs> like he would ever get up from his sofa <laughs> to, <laughs> to do that. He, he barely does it when he gets paid. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to like and review us on your preferred podcast app. You can stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Nola Podcast or on Twitter at Nola. Suggestions and feedback, positive or negative, can be sent to us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. Shit. I, <laughs> this happens every time. All right. We need to. Am I starting again? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. One, two, three.